Love Talk Radio. How our Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Praise God, he loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory. Beneath the cleansing flood, I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again, and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is to him. He wants me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he is built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me. With his redeeming blood, he loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He wants me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. It's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Good to see every one of you. Amen. On this first Sunday of 2021. <clears throat> Amazing to say that. Don't even seem right. We ought to be living in the year 2021, does it? No, it don't. Seems like it'll be 19-something still. But anyway, here we are. And thank God that we are here. Amen. Thank God for his blessings and uh, in, in our life. And thank God for salvation through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We got, listen, we got plenty to do this year. 
we don't know what this year holds for us, but we know who holds tomorrow, and we know who's in control. And we're thankful for his blessings of last year, even though even though last year was just fraught with all kinds of bad things. I guarantee you some of you had some blessings last year. I know we did. Our whole year was blessed. You know, in spite of everything else that went on, I mean, Miss Bonnie's holding one of the biggest blessings I got last year. And, uh, you know, our son Jesse got married last year. God was good to us last year. You know, I became pastor of this church. Uh, no, it was a 19, wasn't it? It was 19. Well, anyway, it's close enough. It was almost 20. But uh, anyway, God's going to bless this year. I look forward to his blessings. Um, don't feel bad. We have all kinds of noises go off in here. It's all right. But uh, glad y'all are here this morning, by the way. <laughs> Amen. Uh, prayer request this morning. I do want to mention Miss Joanne. She's having some soreness. He was telling us about some pretty bad soreness this morning. And uh, and she's she's... Pretty miserable, I think, with her leg. Please pray that God gives her some relief from that and that heals speedily and uh, and that she's able to get back to doing all things she needs and wants to do. I know she I know she feels like she can't probably can't do nothing, but but God God give her some help. Pray for God give her some help and give her some relief from that. I also brother Dan back here, he tried to be a stunt man this weekend, I think. And he's hurt his arm. He says his elbow was in bad shape, so He's going to get that looked at, possible surgery, didn't know for sure. So please pray that all that works out and he can get healed up too pretty quick. Uh, also, continue to pray for Brother Grant and that uh, that these uh, reports he's getting on his pancreas, that, that things turn around for the better on that. Pray that God gives him healing in that regard. Uh, we, we certainly want Grant well. Amen. And uh, just pray for God to touch his body and heal him. Um also, Leo, Leo wanted to I'll – let, I'll let Leo do his talking. I won't try to talk for Leo. Go ahead, Leo. Tell him what you need. Um, I should have a camera Tuesday, which means I won't be able to go – I'm going to treat right. I'll be able to go live Tuesday, uh, Wednesday night. Okay. Uh, let me, let me kind of in a nutshell tell you what, what he – if you weren't here Wednesday night uh, – God's God's laid on Leo's heart burden to uh, to video our services where they can be put on Facebook, and uh, so that people can can tune in and see them. And uh, he's going to be filming all our services. And I, let me say this too: that don't mean he's going to be filming you. Okay, I know there's some that's a little nervous about being on camera. Okay, let me just let me just make it as easy as I can make it. We're going to try to put that camera up high where it's over everybody's head. Okay, if you don't want to be on camera, don't go to the bathroom during church. It's as simple as that. Go before church starts and you won't have any danger of being on camera, okay? (laughs) Right. I'm I'm the only ugly mug that'll be on camera. Hope you don't break it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But don't everybody move out of this side just because he's doing it. Because he'll, he'll be right where he's at. Also, if there's anybody that knows anything at all about web-changed building uh, construction,
if you go if you go there right now, you're not gonna find anything. It's just it's a, it's an infancy, but it's that's where you're gonna. I'm gonna record as well as as well as putting live on Facebook. I'm gonna record, and the recordings will go on the Facebook on the, on the web page, where if you want to go back and review the last Sunday's message, mm-hmm. you can do that. Right. So it, it will be it will be on on the website. Right. But if anybody at all, I I know I know less about that than I know about my own name. <laughs> Somebody throw Leo a life preserver this week If you know how He needs it But anyway, we appreciate everything you're doing, brother Absolutely I got one other piece of business I mean, Any, any other prayer requests? I didn't, I, yes, Mom Mom mm-hmm. Weaver Daryl's wife Is having terrible health pain Okay And she asks for prayer Well, let's, let's remember Miss Wanda Weaver in prayer I know y'all remember Miss Wanda. Um, anybody else? Prayer request? Another hand went up. We, we, got, we kind of got to wait for people in this country uh, up in prayer. Yeah. And I think we need to go back, go back to that. We definitely need to lift this. Critical point, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and you be please be in prayer this week for, for our congressmen and senators who are going to object to the fraudulent vote. Please be in prayer that, that they'll do the right thing. Please be in prayer for all those who are going to Washington, D.C. for that protest. Pray that God God keeps them safe and, and that whatever happens this week, that it turns out it turns out for the best for our nation. This is a critical time, but we do. We need, we need, we need everybody's prayers. Anything else? Anybody else on the prayer request? Yes, Ms. Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Well, why are you saying that? Why are you why are you there? We got something we need to take care of. Miss Charlotte had a birthday. As far it was the first, wasn't it? That's right. So we need huh? Right. We need to sing happy birthday to Charlotte, so help me do that. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Charlotte. Happy birthday to you. And many more, sister, and God's blessing on you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to bless the offering, bless all that's done today, the message, and pray that God meets with us today. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. 
We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the way. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Wrapped it on the rolling tide. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Tell to sinners far and wide. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing the islands of the sea. Echo back the ocean cave. Earth shall keep her jubilee. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing above the battle strife. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. By his death and endless life. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing it softly through the gloom. When the heart for mercy craves. Sing and triumph for the tomb. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing above the battle. Guys, we sing that, didn't we? Let's sing our fourth then, all right? Give the wind a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. Highest hills and deepest caves. This our song of victory. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Amen. Praise God for that fact. Amen. 297, 297. Where I lie. 
some weary believers in this day and time, but we just need to keep on walking and keep our eyes on the Savior. We're almost home. Amen. Jesus is tenderly calling me home, calling today, calling today. Why from the sunshine of love will thou roam farther and farther away? Calling today, calling today, Jesus is calling, is tenderly calling in a different key. That's a little high, you think? Let's try down G. Ready? Now let's do C. There we go. Jesus is calling the weary to rest. Calling today. Calling today. Bring him my burden and thou shalt be blessed. He will not turn thee away. Calling today, calling today, Jesus is calling, is tenderly calling today, Jesus is waiting, oh come to him now, waiting today, waiting today. Come with thy sins at his feet, lowly bowed. Come and no longer delay. Calling today. Calling today. Jesus is calling, is tenderly calling today. Jesus is pleading, oh, listen to his voice. Hear him today, hear him today. They who believe on his name shall rejoice. Quickly arise and away. Calling today, 
calling today. Amen. How 
great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how to God. Amen. We serve an amazing, incredibly wonderful, marvelous, I can't find enough superlatives, amen, for our Heavenly Father. Praise God. Take your Bible this morning and turn to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. <clears throat> Last time we met and talked about anything like this, do you remember what we were talking about? We were talking about a little naked boy running away from a bunch of soldiers. He got in too big a hurry to come. He didn't count the cost. He didn't think about the consequences. When he jumped up in the middle of the night, and he was going to save Jesus, who was being arrested. Ran with his bed sheet around him, probably from the upper room somewhere in that location where he had been. Probably gone to bed for the night, and Judas and the soldiers came back looking for Jesus, and, and he heard he was going to be arrested. He ran out with a sheet on him and chased him down to the night. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to save the Lord Jesus. And then as soon as he was grabbed, he took off running like a scared little puppy. <clears throat> he was he got in too big a hurry to get there, and he got in too big a hurry to leave. Amen. But that's not what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to take our Bible. We're going to look here at John 18, and we're going to turn to verses uh, 12. We'll look at verses 12 through 14, and then we'll jump down to verse 19 through verse 23. We're, not, we're going to skip Peter for right now because all these things kind of happened at the same time. And we'll focus on Peter next Sunday. But right now, we're going to look at something different. We're going to look at the Lamb of God being presented to the high priest. Amen? You realize before the, before the Lamb could be slain for the Passover, he had to be, the Lamb had to be examined by the high priest to make sure it was without spot. Amen? We're going to look at that this morning. Amen? Let's look in our Bible. Chapter 18 of John verse 12 through 14, and then we're going to look at verses 19 through 23. The Bible says, the band, Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas, or Caiaphas, however you want to say it, was he, which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Now down to verse 19. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple whither the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me. What I have said unto them, behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, 
why smitest thou me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray that you will, Lord, that you'll put your hand on me, Lord, that you'll use me. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. I need you today. Oh, Lord, I dare not try to preach without you. Oh, what a failure I would be. I need you so much. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. Lord, help us to see the Lamb of God. Let Help us, Father, with the eyes of faith, help us to see. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, and we plead with you, Father. Meet with us now. Strengthen us for the days to come. Lord, put our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. And, Father, we'll thank you now for what's done. Lord, we pray for those who are in our midst. We pray for those, Lord, who are listening in. Father, we pray for the salvation of souls. We pray, Lord, for some soul to come under conviction of, their, of the Holy Ghost for their sins, to realize that they're lost and undone and on their way to an eternity of suffering and damnation. Lord, I pray this be the day they turn. By faith, they turn and they repent. They believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved forevermore. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Help us to look to the Lamb of God today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I won't belabor the point. We run a little bit long this morning, so I want to just get right into it. Number one, I want you to see what they did. They, they, first of all, they're in verse 12. The Bible says that the, the band and the captain and officers of the Jews, they took Jesus and they bound him. They led him away in triumph. We went. We won. We, we've got him. We're, we're, it's done. He's like a trophy to them. Okay? They led him away as a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't fight. He did not resist. He left the garden that night, and I want you to understand, it wasn't just about four or five soldiers that came to get Jesus. There's some, uh, and I, and of course, I just have to depend on, I have to depend on, on scholarship to give me an idea of this. But most of them that I've read after agree that it could have been up to a thousand soldiers that night that came to get Jesus. A large company, and when it says they bound him. Uh, and uh, like I said, a lot of this is, is things that I've just I've just read up on trying to get put the pieces together in this picture. It said that when they bound him, they bound his hands so tightly behind his back that the blood dripped out from his fingertips. They bound him so tight. They didn't just lead him away like that. They put an iron clasp around his neck with a heavy chain, and they led him away as if he were a common criminal. They led him out of the garden. And they took a right-hand turn, and they went north just a little bit, and they entered in to a gate that I'm going to share with you. It's found over in, in uh, Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 1. It talks about it. The Bible says there when they were rebuilding uh, Jerusalem, it says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate, and they sanctified it and set up the doors of it. Even the Tower of Mia, under the Tower of Mia, they sanctified it under the Tower of Hananiel. Now, this is the sheep gate. This is the gate whereby they let in the sheep for the sacrifices. Okay, that's on the northern side of the temple. Isn't it just right and fitting and proper that as they take the Lamb of God and they bind his hands tightly and they put that iron... That iron uh, clasp around his neck with that chain and they lead him. Where do they lead him? Right through the sheep gate. The Lamb of God. They lead him in through the sheep gate and they lead him 
to Annas. You may say, who in the world is Annas? I don't remember his name. I don't remember him in this story. Well, it could be because he's not mentioned very many times in the Bible. But Annas was the first one to question Jesus. And, you know, Jesus Jesus talks about uh, about Annas a little bit. And he over in, uh, over in John 19, where he talks to Pilate, he says to Pilate in, in verse 11, oh, that's not verse 11. Where did I get my mixed up here? Well, he talks about him having the greater sin. The one that sent him to Pilate hath the greater sin. He's referring to Annas. And you say, well, what about Caiaphas? How does, how does, how does Annas and Caiaphas tie in? Who was Annas? Well, Annas had been the high priest for a very long time. I mean, he, he, he served in that capacity, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in an odd capacity, for about 50 years. Uh, well, look at Luke chapter 3 with me, if you would, real quick. Just if you, if you got time, or I'll just read it to you. How about that? There's just a little bit of build-up to this. Just There's a lot of facts in this, uh, that not necessarily uh, just straightforward, bang, 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 Scripture. Um, in Luke chapter 3, in verse 2, the Bible says, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priests. The word of God came to John, son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest. Annas was the high priest before Caiaphas. Now, Caiaphas, or Caiaphas, is Annas' son-in-law. You have to understand kind of how this thing had progressed. The, the, the religion of the Jews had become just a farce. It was just a caricature of what God had set up. It was more or less. It had more or less become political, more in, in going through the motions more than it was worship of God. And just kind of like we've seen in our own country, what what's supposed to be representatives for the people became bosses of the people. It became a crime family more or less. And so Annas. Annas had prospered there as the high priest, and when he stepped down, he said, well, let me just appoint one of my sons here for a little while. He, was, he served as a high priest for a little while, and then he appointed another one of his sons and another one of his sons and another one of his sons, and then he finally appointed his, his son-in-law. So they basically had a little crime family. They controlled everything. They were running the show. These were not godly men, even though they filled godly positions. Now understand something, like I said before. The lamb that was to be sacrificed for the Passover, it had to be brought to the high priest before the high priest before it could be slain as the, as the sacrifice, the atonement for the people. And if you look back in John chapter 11, you will see that Caiaphas, of all people, had prophesied regarding Christ's death. In chapter 11, let me find that real quick. Chapter 11 and verse 47 through 53, listen to what the Bible says. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation 
perished not. And this spake not, he, he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. From that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. This was all a, a vehicle in motion, and there was no way to stop it. This is God's plan all the way. And you see that God can use ungodly men in his plan. God doesn't have to have uh, ultra-faithful, uh, born-again believers working for him. God can use the wicked. God can use anyone he chooses fit to use as a part of his plan. We look at the world right now, we say, how could this possibly work out? God can use anybody he chooses to do anything he chooses to do. And God used the high priest, Caiaphas, who was consenting to Jesus' death to prophesy. Now, they brought Jesus that night to Annas. Annas was living right next door to Caiaphas. They were next door neighbors. They're right there in the temple. They're right there uh, at the temple. So, so he brings him in, and he and he and he and he's holding him there. They're holding Jesus there at Annas's house. They brought him there to be kept while they could go out and gather up all the rest of the members of the Sanhedrin and get them together. So he's, he's there being held in Annas' house. I just want to paint the scene for you. And don't you know that old man, don't you know he relished that? It was in his house. He probably just walked out into one of the rooms of his house and, and sat down and just looked at Jesus in chains and probably rubbed his hands and said, Aha, I've got you now. Look at you now. You know that old man was just relishing that opportunity to be in control over Jesus who had made him feel so low because Jesus had preached truth and righteousness and this was a wicked man. Jesus, when he, when he preached truth and righteousness, it, it, this man, he, it, him not bowing to it, what did it do? It drove him into, probably into a fury and now he has his opportunity to exact some revenge against Jesus. Now he had his opportunity to accuse Jesus away from the crowd which he feared. They feared the people. That's why they couldn't do this in the light of day. That's why they had to do it under cover of darkness. Another thing that's kind of ironic is the name Annas. If you know what the name Annas means, that name Annas means merciful, clemency, or the grace of Jehovah. He could, I mean, he could have... Honestly, he could have pardoned Jesus. He could have let Jesus go that night. But had that happened, it, it would have fouled up God's plan. We wouldn't have salvation today. So I thank God that, that everything worked according to God's plan as it always would have, and it always had been planned to work. But why don't Annas hate Jesus so bad? Well, according to Spurgeon, Annas was a Sadducee. Annas was a liberal. The Sadducees were the, were, the, were the liberals of the day. He rejected the resurrection. He said, no, when you die, you're dead, and that's all there is to it. Uh, he, he, was, he was spiritually dead, and he was a free thinker. You know, just kind of like these, these liberals today, they, they, they reject their, they, they, they'll reject all the truth, but they'll believe anything else. <clears throat> he probably preached tolerance, too, you know, and didn't practice any. That's what they like to do. Whatever the reason, he hated Christ. And he was in conspiracy with the others 
to deliver Jesus. Maybe he was the mastermind behind the whole thing. We don't know. But, but anyway, Jesus was brought to his house. It was probably the place where Judas was to meet back up and get his payment for what he had done, his betrayal of Jesus. There's no more mention of Judas after this point. But regardless of why he was brought there, everything has a reason in God's plan. Everything. He was led here first to this man, this man who was corrupt, to this man who was immoral, to this man who was cruel and wicked, to this man who was nothing more than a dirty politician who was in league with Rome and was a traitor and a cold-blooded killer. Here he was looking at our Lord like a wolf looking at a lamb. And so here in Annas' house, we're going to see two things. We'll look at two things. We've got two points, and we're going to go to the house, basically. Number one, we're going to look, we're going to look at Christ's examination, and we're going to look at the attack on Christ. <clears throat> First of all, let me say this to you. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a proper hearing. A proper hearing is done in different manner than Jesus' hearing that night, this examination that they, had, that they did upon Jesus. First of all, Jesus hadn't been accused of anything yet. There was no accusation made, yet they bound him. Yet they led him like a common criminal. They led him there, even though he was not accused of anything. Uh, secondly, no, no judge had a case on the docket against Jesus. There was no warrant to go and get him. It was only done under cover of darkness because it was wrong and it was evil. Uh, thirdly, there was no witnesses that were being called against him. They could find no witnesses against our Lord because, again, what had he done wrong? There was nothing he had done wrong. He was perfectly innocent. What was it? It was just simply an interrogation to try to find dirt, to try to, to condemn him, to try to find a reason to, to, uh, to execute him. The goal was to get him under duress and maybe get a confession out of him, but he was being held unlawfully. That's the truth of it. So Annas asked questions to try to entrap Jesus. You know, that's, 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 that's what unbelievers like to do. They, like, they want to try to confuse you. They want to they, they throw something at you. And, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but I have. I've been standing at the door trying to talk to somebody about the Lord, and, and they throw something at me like this. Say, who was Cain's wife? I say, you know what I say? That's a good question. And it shows me you got a little interest in the Bible. And as soon as I'm done talking to you, we'll talk about who Cain's wife was. By the way, it was his sister, just in case y'all didn't know. But anyway, <clears throat> that's horrible, but still, it had to happen. But... Uh, but unbelievers like to quote, mis misquote Jesus. They, they do it all the time. That, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to find some way to misquote Jesus and say, aha, say we've got you. They love to misquote Jesus. They, they, they say, yeah, yeah, Jesus said, judge not, judge not, judge not. That's all you hear. Don't judge nobody. You're not supposed to judge. The Bible tells us to judge righteous judges. They love to misquote Jesus. I had somebody tell me, I had a preacher one time told me, and, and by the way, he was a cowboy church guy. He told me, he said, you know, I think if Jesus was to come back now, so I think Jesus would go to the bar rooms. I think Jesus, that's where Jesus would be. You'd find Jesus in the bar room somewhere. Not, not that he was going there to drink, but he'd hang out with sinners because he hung out with sinners before. And I told that preacher, I said, let me tell you something. If Jesus went in the bar room, that bar room would clear out. Amen? Because Jesus ain't going to hang out with sinners. They ain't going to feel comfortable. Amen? They like to misquote Jesus. They like to slander Jesus. Amen? But Jesus is perfect in every way. Jesus is innocent. He's, a, he's without stain, without spot. I said it was not a proper hearing. Secondly, let me say that the questioning was all one-sided. 
the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. That's what it says there in verse 19 in our text. Why didn't he ask him, who are you? Who are you really? He didn't ask him that. No, he asked him about his disciples. That seems like an odd question to ask him about. His disciples weren't under arrest. It was Jesus. Why didn't he say, well, who are you really? I mean, really, where did, where did you come from? What, what, what's your story? What about all these miracles you've done? I mean, his miracles were publicized all over the land. Everybody had heard. Was there one question about his miracles? Not one single question. Did you raise the dead, Jesus? Did that really happen? No, he didn't ask that. Did you cleanse the lepers? We've heard you cleanse them. No, didn't ask that either. Did you open blind eyes? No. It was, where are your disciples? Where are these men? Who are these men? Where did you find them? The questions are in a strange order. That's another thing I noticed too. He asked him two questions, by the way, you see here. He asked him about his disciples, and he asked him about his doctrine. Wouldn't it seem right to ask him about what he taught first? Wouldn't it, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you think so? What is this you're teaching? Wouldn't that be, seem to be the first question he would ask? But yet he asked him about his disciples. There's a reason, there's a method to that. There's a reason, I believe, for his quest, line of questioning like that. It's to paint Jesus in a negative light. You know why? Because who were his disciples? They were just a bunch of unlearned fishermen, most of them. It's said that down in the catacombs that most of the writings and the scrawlings and engravings on the wall pointed to the fact that most of those people were very uneducated, very unlearned people. Most of the Lord's followers are. Not a lot of brilliant uh, scientists that follow the Lord. They, it's mostly your common people. So he was saying to him, he said, you know, who are these fishermen following you? What's up with that? Why do you got a bunch of unlearned fishermen? He wanted to demean Jesus. Made him look like maybe he's taking advantage of these of these uh, small-minded men who, 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 who had no more sense than to follow him around and listen to his every word. But what did the Lord do? What did he say in response? Not a single word. Not a single word about his disciples. Why? He protected them. Amen? Just like he stands to defend us today, just like he, he stands to be our intercessor today, my friend, he stood there, and he was an intercessor for them. He stood in the gap for them, and he, 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 he didn't answer a word. What did he say when he was being arrested? And he said, let these go their way. Though they tried to make him out to be some kind of a lunatic who, who, who had persuaded these, these ignorant men to follow him and follow some crazy doctrine. It wasn't so. Again, he's just trying to find, the high priest just wants to find some reason to say, aha, I've got you now. But I want you to look at the answer that Christ gave to Annas. What did he say? Who are these disciples and what is this doctrine that you're teaching? Jesus said, I spake openly to the world. I told everybody everything I had to say. Amen? Thank God 
thank God we, we have something that we can share with anybody and everybody. Thank God we're not in secret trying to keep secrets from the world. Listen, we're not in some kind of secret cult or something. What we have, we can tell any man, any woman, any boy, any girl. Jesus said, I speak openly to the world. There were no secrets. He taught in the temple. He taught in the market. He taught in the country. He taught on the hillside, and he taught by the seashore. There was no holding back. There's a great openness with Christ. There's nothing to hide. We have no shame. We have nothing, no, no, no burden uh, because of some guilt. No, it's all, it's all freely given because it's all wonderful. Every bit of it. There's nothing to hide. There is, again, there's no shame whatsoever in what we believe. So why would men reject his message? Because they love their sin. They love their sin, which they did in secret. Christ wants his message proclaimed. He doesn't want it kept in secret. And yet so many Christians act as though salvation is a secret that they keep. Some people, you wouldn't even know they were saved if you didn't ask them. What he has, we're to proclaim. And matter of fact, he said so in Matthew 10, 27. Jesus said, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 the, the night... January, February 2nd, 1996 was the night that God rang me out like a wash rag. That night I thought he was either going to kill me or, or, or I had a purpose to live for him, one of the two. That was the night I surrendered my, my life to do whatever God wanted from now on. And I'm going to tell you, I was over there in Paris, Texas, and that night I wanted to climb up on top of, of St. Joseph Hospital building with a megaphone tell the world how much I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I still do. I ain't got any shame in it, amen? We ought not have any shame in it. There ought not be any reason why we don't share our faith, what we have in Christ. If it's worth having, it's worth sharing with somebody else. We're not to have any secrets when it comes to what we believe. You know, another thing about Jesus, again, he, he, he just said, listen, I, I wasn't trying to pull anything off on anybody. I spoke openly. You know another thing about him, though? He, he was often under verbal attack. They were always, the crowds would gather around him, and they would try their best to attack him. But you know what? He never lost his cool. Not one time. In the face of all the attacks, in the face of all the opposition, Jesus never lost his cool. Amen? He gives us that same peace. He gives us that same grace. He never gave them a fault to point out. And then I want us to look here as they wrongfully attacked him. I want you to look at verse 22 and 23. The Bible said, oh, let me just go ahead and read. Let me go read down through there. Begin in verse 20. Jesus said, him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogues and in the temple and whither the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoke, spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken the evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? 
When Christ answered Annas, it made him angry. You know why it made him angry? It was a stinging rebuke is why it made him angry. And, 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 and when you listen to what the Lord said, he said, yeah, I, I, I spoke openly to the world. I, I, I taught in the synagogue, in the temple, wherever the Jews were, whether, whether, whether they were, that's where I taught. And I didn't say anything in secret. But when you read between the lines at what Jesus was saying to Annas that night, it was something like this. I'm not the one plotting and conspiring in secret to take a man's life. That's what Annas heard. I did everything in the open. I'm, I'm not like you, buddy. I'm not the one here's plotting and trying to, trying to take a man's life away from him. I'm not talking with the men to entrap them in their words like you are right here. I hadn't done any plotting in secret, but I spoke freely and openly. I know good and well when Jesus spoke the words that he spoke, it cut Annas to the heart. It made that, that, that officer extremely angry so much that he reared back and he slapped Jesus across the face. Oh, what a big man he was. To slap a man who's bound by his hands and got an got a iron collar around his neck. I want you to just picture that in your mind for a second. <coughs> Your Lord standing there bound for you. Your Lord bound tightly where blood's dripping off the end of his fingers. Your Lord bound in an iron clasp around his neck, standing there for not a single crime that he ever committed, not an ill word that he ever spoke. Why is he in that position? Because of you and I. And in simply stating facts, he's struck across the face by a wicked man who doesn't have any idea who he is. Look at our Lord in your mind. He's innocent, but yet he's bearing your guilt and my guilt. He's bearing your shame and my shame. None of us could make the statement that Jesus makes because we're all guilty. We've all, we've all said wrong things. We've all done wrong things, but not Jesus. Not Jesus. But remember 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Here stands the Lamb of God before the high priest and the officers for them to examine him as they please. But they will find that he's perfect. They can't find spot or stain. No fault in him whatsoever. They can't find fault in his childhood. They can't find fault in his manhood. They can't find fault in his life. You can't find fault in his death. No fault can be found in his speech. No fault can be found in his silence, nor in his feelings, nor in his thoughts, nor in his actions. He's the Lamb of God, perfect without spot or stain. And he's about to be sacrificed for you and I who are guilty before God. And if we're not, we're not for the blood of Jesus Christ, we'd still be guilty before God. I urge you today to meditate upon that. Somebody's listening to me this morning and they realize they're lost, that they've never been saved. Look to the Lamb of God 
He sacrificed for you. He bore your stains. He bore your guilt. He bore your shame. He paid the price. He lives. Believe on him. Trust him. In your darkest hours, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're facing, remember, he stood for you. And he still does. And he still will. There's never an hour when he'll turn his back. There's never an hour when he'll leave you by yourself. No matter what you're going through today, I just want you to remember that perfect Lamb of God. He made it all possible for you. Everything that you enjoy in Christ, everything you enjoy, everything that you have waiting for you, the Lamb of God provided. Let's stand together. I don't know I don't know what you've got going on in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with. There may be somebody in here's got something very heavy weighing down upon them this morning. I don't know that, but I just feel led to say that. And I urge you this morning, if you're carrying that burden and it's too heavy for you to carry, take it to the Lord and lay it down. Quit carrying it. You can't. It'll it it will it will literally destroy you, but he his shoulders are big enough. He's able to take it all. I know we're living in uncertain times right now, and we don't know what, what's going to happen around the corner. Even by the end of this week, we have no idea what's going to happen in this nation. But I'm going to tell you something. He's in control. That burden, lay it down. You say, I, maybe you got loved ones, and they're lost, and you've been praying for them for a long, long time, and they had not gotten saved yet. Don't get, don't get weary. Don't get weary. Don't give up. Bring it to the Lord and lay it down. Say, Lord, I need this. Lord, I want them to be saved so bad. we got people listening to us this morning. Hey, somebody out there listening to, to the sound of my voice right now, and they're lost, and they're dead in their sins, and they need to be born again. They can look to the Lamb of God this morning, the perfect, innocent, spotless Lamb of God who gave himself willingly to pay the debt for our sins. Look and live. I urge you this morning, whatever your burden, no matter how heavy, I urge you, bring it to the Lord and do business with him. We're going to sing a song of invitation. And uh, as we do, I urge you, do business with the Lord. Say, well, I ain't, we ain't got a piano. We don't need a piano to do business with the Lord. We don't need any of that. All we need to do is come to him and lay our burdens down. Father, we come before you, and we ask you, Lord, that you might deal with us Lord, that you might meet our needs. Father, that you might take those heavy burdens, Lord, that are too heavy for us to carry. Father, And we pray, Lord, that you shoulder those for us. Father, you tell us in the Word that we're to cast all our care upon you, for you care for us. And, Lord, what a blessing it is to know what we have in Jesus. Father, we pray you bless the invitation now. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing 375, Just As I Am. And if the Lord moves on your heart this morning, you need to do business with God. There's altars here. You can do business right there where you sit. But let's sing this morning. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou be me.
I come just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Amen. I pray you will bring your burdens, and you will come to him, and you will lay it down there. Oh, I, I, I pray that you'll not keep your, your faith a secret. It's time for Christians to stand. It's time in this nation's Christians have got... If we don't stand now, we we, we'll never be able to. The hour is now. If you're going to be a believer, be one on the outside, not just on the inside. I'm telling you right now, if there was ever a time for God's people to stand up and say, hey, we're here and the Lord loves you and there's salvation to be had, it's now. Don't let the time tick away. Make the most of every minute. Amen? All right. Any word from anybody before we dismiss this morning? Listen, we're going to be back tonight at 6. Tonight we're going to finish up uh, what we started a while back, which is the commandments of Christ. You know, the Bible, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And a lot of people maybe don't know, there's a bunch of things in there besides them Ten Commandments in the Bible. The Ten Commandments is there to show us we're sinners. Christ gave us commandments to live by, and we've been looking at those, and we're going to finish up with those tonight. So please be here at 6, and uh, look forward to seeing you then. Amen? All right. Let's go to the Lord and be dismissed in the word of prayer. Brother Tony, why don't you dismiss us in prayer this morning? All right, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask you to go with us. We pray for our nation. And the people on the prayer list, take care of their forgiveness. Amen. God bless y'all. See y'all tonight. Mm-hmm. I have been watching you for a couple weeks now, knowing that I know you. Uh, and today you hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. T Rex, you have a good one, all right? I still want to tell you why the building is down here. Let's stand. No, I wasn't down there when the building was on fire. Bye. God bless you. Yeah. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, I might have been there, but if I was, I was in spirit. I wasn't there. <laughs> Y'all have a good All day, right. brother. God bless. Bigger hammer. Yeah. 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 Y